Are we ready? It's Vision Sunday 2.0. We do a Vision Sunday in February and then we do a, a redo, a, a Vision Sunday 2.0 in June. On April the 9th, 2016, I read a verse in my daily reading that has gripped me ever since. Uh, when I read my Bible each day, I ask the Lord to speak to my heart. And that's one of the ways God speaks to us as we read his Bible. Some days I've had to read passages again, another time to tune into what God's saying because I'm distracted in my mind and I read again. Other times something just stands out more than the others and I know it's the whisper of God to my heart through his word. But every now and then I read something that has an extra weight to it. It's more than today's encouragement or today's comfort or today's correction that God speaks to me. It's more than that. It's more than guidance for the season that I'm in or maybe the next phase of my life. And as on this day, as I got closer to the verse that I'm about to read to you in 2016, I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit building and drawing near to me until a wash came over me as I read this verse. In my journal, after I wrote the verse down, I wrote these words. I felt such a strong presence of God as I read this verse this morning. The verse is from Genesis chapter 35, verse 11 and 12. It says, Then God said, I am El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after me. And since that day that I read that scripture, it's continued to echo in my heart, to shape my prayer, to, to shape my thoughts. In May 2018, uh, a prophet, David McCracken, internationally recognized, visited our church with a word from God. And he said our church in 2018 was birthing a new era. I believe that that scripture that God gave me in 2016 was the rhema word, the quickened word for this new era. And so uh, I did what, what I love us to do when God gives us a word for our lives or for a season, a rhema word. I began to pray that scripture. I began to declare it. Uh, downstairs in my home, I have my prayer study and I go there most, most days, uh, most work days and I pray for the church and, uh, and the vision and the future of our church. I pray for you. And as I prayed there, I just, over the next uh, couple of years, I would just pray that scripture over and over. God, kings will be among your descendants. What does kings mean, Lord? And, and God would whisper things to my heart. That's influencers and entrepreneurs. And I began to write. I've got some uh, blackboards on the wall. And I began to write up on the wall just when, when I'd pray a phrase over a period of time. And it would resonate in my heart. I'd write that phrase up on the wall. Phrases like a leadership factory. Phrases like landmark facility, entrepreneurs and influencers. And then on the 1st of January this year, sitting in an aeroplane, uh, returning from Sydney in Australia, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to write down what the next 10 years might look like for C3 Powerhouse. I called it Dreaming for the Decade. Uh, I, re I read it out each service in February this year as we released it. And now I want to show it to you in a video form. Why don't you check this out?
I see our church in a season of revival, a powerful move of God with radical salvations, healings, and young people being apprehended for the call of God. I see extraordinary momentum with a thousand people being saved in a year. And increasing until one day we see a thousand people saved across a weekend. I see us being a leadership factory, training, raising up and empowering leaders who are brilliant disciple makers. There is a multiplication of leaders of all ages who are gripped by a strong and unshakable call of God, which causes them to lay down their lives for the gospel. I see us established in our new premises on Power Road. It is a landmark facility. This will be a demonstration of God's power, a result of a series of miracles that echoes all around the nations. The Lord will be glorified for doing exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask or think. I see new church locations starting with Melbourne in 2020. We are believing for five new church plants over the course of the decade. I see these locations supernaturally in their own buildings because we first broke through on the Sunshine Coast. I see our church filled with influencers and entrepreneurs. Innovative, cutting-edge marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society. Government, media, sport, entertainment, education, business and more. Entrepreneurs who set the standard for business excellence, leadership and wealth creation. I see our church consistently experiencing powerful healings. There is a breakthrough anointing on our church. People get healed in their seats. During worship and watching online. People are flying in to be at our services because they've heard miracles are happening at C3 Powerhouse. I see us being known for kindness in our community. Our reputation is for generosity, compassion, and practical help for those who are in need. I see us a haven of love, hope, and acceptance for all. Radiating God's love into our community and beyond. There you go. I hope you like that. Now we sit here in June 2020 on Vision Sunday 2, 2.0 and I want, to se- I want to tell you today that COVID-19 hasn't crushed that dream for the decade. It's just helped sharpen us. Lockdowns and restrictions haven't dulled my sense of expectation about this new decade we're in. On the contrary, I am more convinced than ever that we're right on track for what the Lord has ahead for us. As I watched that prophetic declaration, I know it's audacious. I know it's crazy. That's just the kind of church that we are. We're audacious, crazy people. I mean, a thousand people saved in a weekend. Who would think that's possible? But that's what a dream is. The audacious possibilities that come out of prayer and the word of the Lord and dreaming together. I know it's bold and it can even appear arrogant to those who don't know us and who don't understand our journey, but it's a dream and it's a dream for the decade. I believe it's God-inspired and it's something that Danielle and I are happy to invest the best years of our life in. And I pray that God would captivate your heart with this dream for our church and the DNA of this house will get deep into you to be part of where God is taking us together. Now, for a vision to become a reality, 
there's a number of key ingredients. And just as I generally don't like to talk about birthing because it's not my area of expertise, ingredients is also not my area of expertise, particularly when it comes to cooking and putting things together. If it's spelled out really clear, I'm a, I'm a shot at maybe putting together, but normally I get it wrong, and that's the standing joke in my house. I remember the first time I ate fried rice at a friend's house when I was 19. We didn't have that sort of fancy food growing up on the farm. So when we had fried rice at a friend's place, I thought, this is brilliant. I was a bachelor. I said, I'm going to make this myself. Give me the recipe. The guy gave me the recipe, and I put it all together, and I cooked it. And when I began to eat it, it tasted a lot crunchier than the time that I'd had it with him. I wondered why. I rang him, and he said, did you put water in the rice in the fry pan when, you, when I cooked it? I said, you didn't tell me that. I just put the rice in the fry pan, and it just ended up crunchy. So... Hey, to all the bachelors out there who are trying, just get good at one thing. Spag bog was my specialty. One thing, that's all good and you're away. The ingredients. I don't know about the ingredients for cooking, but I do know about the key ingredients for a vision and for a vision to come to pass. A vision needs a God vision for a church. It needs to not just be a good idea. It needs to be a God idea. It needs to be breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. It needs to be big enough to take your breath away. It needs to be beyond our own capability or capacity to achieve it. It needs to be something that you and I can't do in our own strength or we don't need God, yet it needs to be doable enough to be compelling to get us out of bed with passion in our hearts. It needs to be written down and it needs to be clear. Write the vision down, uh, it says in Habakkuk, so that those who read it might run with it. It needs to resonate in the hearts of an army of believers. It needs to captivate our purpose and our passion so that our lives align to this vision. It needs to be prayed into reality with agreement, passion, and consistency by believers who know how to storm the gates of hell with power and authority. Which reminds me, next month, church, seven days, our second lot of seven days of prayer and fasting is coming on in July, and uh, we're going to do this together. We'll have prayer on site. We'll have prayer uh, online as well, continuing those prayer, but for seven days. So looking forward to praying together on site and online for seven days together. We'll put the date up on the screen right now so you can have some forewarned notice. It requires, for a vision to come to pass, it requires hard work. Laborers committed to the harvest, extra mile believers who serve each other, go outside their comfort zones to create an atmosphere where this vision can come to pass. And for us, that vision is to see lives transformed. In our church, we call that army of believers committed to the vision our dream team. People who use their gifts and abilities to serve the vision of the house. Finally, for a vision to come to pass, the, the, the final ingredient I have here is it requires financial sacrifice. A company of believers who are living for something that's beyond themselves, who'll forego certain temporal pleasures and comforts to see a vision that in the words of the modern prophet Russell Crowe in the movie Gladiator, a vision that will echo into eternity. You know it's true. It'll echo into eternity. In our church, our giving program to finance the vision is called Vision Builders. Our tithes, the 10% of our income, is to fund the ministry of the church. Children's ministry, youth ministry, weekly services, events, resources for connect groups and small groups, our overheads, wages, all the expense 
All the expenses that allow our church to win people to Christ and make disciples. Uh, we give 10% away of it this year. We've give it, we give a, a third of or 3% to Melbourne. We give 3% into C3 Global. And then we invest the, that other into other ministries beyond our church. And we've, uh, this COVID season, we've supported five different itinerant ministers who haven't been able to travel or receive income. And it's been a great thing for us to be able to do as a church. That's our tithes. And for you, maybe your first step in letting God be Lord of your finances to become a tither and to take that step and, and join us tonight as we, we even talk about that and pray about God breaking the devourer off your life. It's going to be powerful. But Vision Builders is above and beyond the tithe. It's finances for the current and future facilities. Uh, last year uh, in this church, uh, we gave 10% of our vision builders to launch Melbourne East as a, as a location of our church. And so the rest is towards facilities. I'm so proud. Hundreds of people in our church are part of the vision builders giving program. From high school students to pensioners and everyone in between, uh, Danielle and I are consistently blown away by this group of people who have caught and bought into a vision greater than themselves. And I want to thank you for your generosity consistently. Many of you have been doing this for, dec for year in, year out, some of you decades. In the last 12 months, uh, up to date, and I know people will be finishing off their pledges over the next little while, uh, we've, we're around $500,000 has been given, which is amazing. That means $50,000 has gone to the launch of our Melbourne location. Uh, $50,000 has gone towards paying off the debt on our land, which means that we have over a million dollars equity in our, our own land right now. A large portion has been, remaining of that has been towards the facilities and the rent of things that we have here, which enables us to do everything here out of Premier Circuit. But at the end of the day, what all of that equates to, it's facilities, yes, but it equates to transform lives. People meeting Christ. In the year of 2019, we saw 450 people make a decision to come into a relationship with God or to reconnect their lives to Jesus Christ, which is amazing. We saw 100 people take the step of discipleship of getting water baptized. And we're going to have a big water baptism party when we get back together. You just wait. It's going to be awesome. But last year, 100 people, the most ever in our church, we started a new church location, uh, which is already seeing multiplication and people coming to Christ. It's amazing what Vision Builders is allowing us to do. And so I've been praying and thinking about today, and I'm asking you, if you're part of our church family, to participate again in this next 12 months. The phrase that's come to me over and over, and I, I just before I say that, I want, to under, I want you to know that if you're not a member of our church or if you're new, or I know for numbers of people, the, the COVID uh, challenge has was undermined your finances and some of you aren't able to fill pledges and, and we'll talk later about how to roll that over and others of you, you're not in a position right now to do much at all. And I just want to say no pressure, it's okay. Just do what's in your heart and what you're able and what God prompts you to do. But the phrase that's kept coming to me as, as I've been thinking about this vision builders and this, this unique moment in the history of our church while we're not meeting together in, in a physical sense but we're gathering together online, the, the thing that's come to me over and over is that we're preparing a room. We're preparing a room. If you're a parent, 
You know what it's like to prepare a room for a baby. I was talking to Jordan, who's on our guitar over here, and Jordan and Taylor are preparing a room. You know, you've got to make sure that you've got the cot ready, and you've got the color decor ready, and you've got the change table, and those little things that dangle from the roof, which are called mobiles. Not that I remember, I had to ask somebody, but that's what they're called, mobiles. And so all of this thing to get the baby nursery ready is, is with expectation because you're pregnant with something exciting. We're preparing a room. Color schemes, styling, photos. I imagine that the Taylor and Jordan's room is, is, could be in a magazine because they've got such an eye for design. So I remember with our son Jackson, our oldest son, while he was... Uh, at home with me and Danielle was in hospital having just had our second son Mitchell I decided I would do some room preparation and if you know our oldest son Jackson he's always been an adventurous little character and so the first thing we did because literally he would escape out of the house as a two-year-old he'd just escape and go anywhere so I put a I put an old door on and I cut it in half like a stable door of a horse and we locked it from the outside so we could look in then I got to work and I, I um, updated all the paint. I, I did this beautiful faux sponge painting around the room and put a frieze of, of this really super colorful Bob the Builder uh, wallpaper around the middle. And I was so proud of myself when Danielle uh, got home. Look, I've, look what I did. I prepared this room. The only problem was when you have a two-year-old in a room unable to get out and you can look in, uh, what he does to entertain himself is peel the wallpaper off the wall piece by piece. So, so that was another great moment in my decorating career. And for those parents of you who have adventurous youngsters, God bless you. It gets, oh, does it get better? It's awesome. You'll just love it. You'll just love it. Hey, we're preparing a room. We're prepared. This is, this is that phrase that, that has come to me and I felt so strong that we're preparing a room. Two moments of preparing a room in the Bible that have stuck out to me as I've prepared this message this week and I've thought about them. One is where Jesus sends his disciples ahead of him. He says, I, I, there's a place ready and we're going to have the Passover feast. It's an upper room and we're going to meet there and we're going to share communion together. And, and then after I'm gone, it'll become the, the room of prayer, the upper room where you'll pray and meet together, where Pentecost will be experienced. And it says in Luke 22 verse 12, he, just, he sent them ahead and said, you'll meet a certain man and he will take you upstairs to a large room that's set up. This is where I want you to prepare our meal. Go and make preparations. Prepare the room. Prepare the room. The other story in the Old Testament that's also I've been thinking a lot about is when Elisha goes to a, a woman in Shunem, and she's a wealthy woman, and he, and he goes through this, this particular area, and they recognize this is a man of God. There's a, God's doing something through this man, and she talks to her husband and says, hey, let's do something so that, that when this guy comes through, he doesn't just have a meal with us, but he's got a place to stay in 2 Kings 4 verse 10. It says, let's build a small room for him. On the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he'll have a place to stay whenever he comes by. They literally built a, a room on their house for a prophet, for a move of God. They prepared a room. And I believe for you and I, as we look forward to the next 12 months and that part of the vision, which is financing the vision, it's sacrifice and it's, it's com making commitments. I believe what we're doing is we're preparing a room for two things. 
Just like when they went into the city of Jerusalem and they found this upper room ready. It had to be big enough to hold 120 people for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It must have been a big room. And they, they, they didn't realize it, but what they were doing is they were preparing a room for a move of God. And just as us as a church is standing on the cusp of a new day, we're in a new era and a new move of God here on the Sunshine Coast in Melbourne and online as we launch our online campus together, which will impact throughout the world. What we're doing is we're preparing a room for a move of God. And when you have a move of God, Something powerful happens. I remember four years ago, this, this wide-eyed, uh, bushy-haired young guy called Jai Bevan coming to church. I remember talking to him in the foyer. If ever I've met someone who just felt lost, I can remember the moment of meeting him and he was struggling and trying and you saw him on the Transform Lives testimony saying that he was suicidal, he was depressed, he tried new age, a relationship had broken down and he was just had no sense of purpose or meaning or joy in his life. And when he came to this church, he, he raised his hand in a meeting just like this and said, I want God to come into my life. I've tried the other way. Now I, I want to do it Jesus' way. And I've had the joy and privilege over the last four years of watching this young man have a move of God in his life. I've watched him pray. I've watched him do internship. I've watched him study the Bible. I've watched him serve youth. I've watched him uh, offer up the gift of worship or singing that he's got to give glory to God. And, and I think back on that year, four years ago, in our church. And I know in that year, Danielle and I gave thousands of dollars in the Vision Builders Fund. And when I think about that year, and you know what? If it was only one guy in that year, just Jai, who was apprehended for a call of God in that year because we'd made a room for this to happen. If it was him, it was enough. And if that, that's all it was every year, it's not all it is. It's not just one, but it's always about the one. And then it's the compounding effect of what happens when one gets on fire for God, gets a sense of call for God, says, what the heck, I'm going to radically move into state to a city that I've never been to. And I'm going to lead youth and I'm going to lead worship and I'm going to serve God because I'm sold out for the gospel and the, and the cause of Christ. And I go, that's what a move of God looks like. And that's what we're preparing a room for. Jais, and many more like him. Men, women, young and old. We're preparing a room. That's what Vision Builders this year is all about. The second thing that, that's going to happen as we, we give and we participate in Vision Builders, and I've always loved this idea, is we're prepa preparing rooms sets us up for supernatural breakthrough. The woman who put a room on her house, on the roof of her house with her husband, for the prophets, a metaphor for a move of God to come not just to the church, but to their own home. When you partner your household and your life with what God's doing in his household and his church, when you put those things together, time and time again, I've watched God bring the breakthrough to the church and the individual simultaneously. And this woman, after, after she's built the room, the prophet comes, he sleeps there, he stays there, and he asks his servant, what, what does this woman need? She's a wealthy woman, she doesn't need of much. And he says, well, she doesn't have a son. That's her issue of breakthrough. She doesn't have a son. And the prophet goes to her and says, in, in, about this time in a year, you will have a son. And she says, don't muck with me. 
don't get my hopes up. I've given up on that particular dream. But because she made God a priority and a move of God her priority, and she was part of preparing a room for a move of God, she connected herself to what God was doing, and then God connected himself to the desires of her heart. And I believe this is what happens when you connect your, your life to something greater than your life uh, through time, through talent, through energy, and through finances. You'll find God brings breakthrough. Our vision builder directors, David and Marina Crowder, came to this church uh, a number of years ago. They were, just, they, they were newlyweds. When they came to this church, they were, they were getting involved in business, but they had fifty dollars to $60,000 of personal debt. Struggling to sleep, anxious, under pressure, putting pressure on their, their newly married relationship. And as they got in this church, and they, they got, began to get involved with our Vision Builders program. And they began not just to do that, but to listen to wisdom about finances and to get their financial world into order. Bit by bit, God began to turn their world around. They've seen family members, uh, miracles happen for, me, for family members, but what's happened in their own personal life is God has put his hand on their life, turned it around, and whereas in the last 12 months, rather than being in personal debt, the personal debt's gone, and they were able to buy their own first house. This is what happens. Preparing the rooms sets you and I up for supernatural breakthrough. And it is a year of supernatural breakthrough. So I want to ask you, as you think and pray about what you can do, how you can participate in this, this next year, it's never a moment of you have to to be a member of our church. No, it's a, it's a free will moment. It's a choice that you make because the, the vision has gripped your heart. And I want us to pray right now. And I'm going to get our team to come back up. I'm going to ask David to come up. And I want us to pray right now to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us about what we can do. What's he want you to do? Daniel and I always do this. We pray. We've been doing it, actually. We've made our decision of what we're going to do and give. And we just ask God. We just say, Lord, it's all yours. So what would you like us to give? For those of you who have never given, don't, don't worry about starting with some enormous amount. Just a weekly, small amount will begin to plant seed that God can multiply back to you. So let's pray. Father, I'm asking. Lord, I know you're gripping hearts with vision right now. And I'm asking that you'll speak to people about what they're to do. What they're to give. How they're to give it. How often, how regularly. Lord, many people I know make sacrifices to be able to give. I'm asking you to speak to us. What sacrifices are we making? Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. It's all yours. Not under compulsion, but cheerfully. Let there be excitement as we prepare a room together. Amen, amen, amen.